Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. to another fantastic episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. I am Mikey. I am Corey. Wow, you're a little aggressive today. It's an aggressive It's an aggressive episode. It kind of is. It kind of is. Because we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, one of, I know, one of my favorites. Yep. Well, the same with mine. And this uh, this is the, the, the individual that taught me that... Uh, Rooting for the bad guy is more fun. Yeah, you know. But when you look at him, he did. He wasn't really one of the bad guys. Oh, he was at, at the beginning. Yeah, um, he was the the very bad guy. Uh, and not 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 the bad guy. We're not talking about Razor Ramon. But he was a bad guy. He was the bad guy. You no, know, he was. It was not Razor Ramon. We're not talking about Razor Ramon. Wasn't Chico? No, no, no. Not wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wasn't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the. Uh, well, I guess uh, Bill from Glasgow, Scotland, but really from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, Roderick George Toombs, the Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, Piper, you know, th- and the reason we want to do this show is Piper. It has two very distinct spots in, in like in our past, you know, in our memories, as this iconic wrestling figure. Which he, we're going to discuss his wrestling a little bit, but he was he's an icon in the wrestling. I think he was a better movie star. But yes, he was a great than, movie star. He was a better movie star than Hulk Hogan. Oh, definitely, definitely. He could actually act. Yes, uh, Hogan could play. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Piper could play... Anybody. Anybody. And he did. I mean, he didn't just play a wrestler or a tough guy. He could do some dramatic... Yeah, oh yeah. So, we do want to talk about, you know, why we love Roddy Piper, because, you know, he... He... Without Roddy Piper, there would be no Hulk Hogan. No, there would be no Hulk Hogan. (laughs) I mean, he's even said he is one of the, he is one of the icons that helped build wrestling up to what it is today. Well, yeah, because he was very instrumental in the rock and wrestling, like era. Era. Uh, he had a feud with Cindy Lauper, 
where that's what started. That's why WrestleMania happened. They had a feud. Cindy Lauper was managing Wendy Richter. Yep. And there was we we talked about this when we talked about the MTV um, episode. There was the uh, the war to settle the score, and that's where uh, I think Moolah took the belt off of Wendy Richter. The, the fabulous Moolah. The fabulous Moolah, who, it was, as we will find out in later years, was kind of a piece of shit. But we're not here to talk about that. No. Well, then Piper and Wendy Richter, or Piper and Cindy Lauper, they had a major feud. And Captain Lou Albano was involved in that because Captain Lou Albano played Cindy Lauper's dad in her music videos. All of her music videos. All of her music videos that her dad appeared in, it was Captain Lou. So girls just want to have fun. And Goonies are good enough. Yep. A lot of wrestlers appeared in that one. So they... Um, it wasn't even a movie about wrestling. No, but all these wrestlers were in it. Every one of them. They're and, all smoking cigars and coming out of limos and everything. And Nikolai Volkov shows up and he's in a pickup truck with a giant cow in the back and he's milking this cow. Yeah. Cracks me up every fucking time I see it. So Piper, you know, started a feud with Cindy Lauper saying he didn't like rock and roll. And... Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was against rock and he roll. He was against rock and roll. And Hogan, obviously, was a, in a rock and roll band. Yeah, before and that's, well, that's what started. That's also the, the premise to the uh, the cartoon. Yes. Hulk, or Roddy Piper was the villain because he hated rock and roll. Yes. So, they ushered in the rock and wrestling era. They, uh, they sold out arenas everywhere. And Hulk Hogan never beat Rowdy Roddy Piper. Not once. Well, later. Later. Much later. Much later in WCW, he, he did. But when they were both old men. Yes. I think they were probably in their forties, at least. Yeah. But back in the, like in the heyday in the eighties in the rock wrestling, Hogan never beat him. No. And so they had the the award to settle the score. Then they had the brawl to settle it all, and that was Piper versus Hogan. And Hogan didn't win. And no, Hogan like won by disqualification, or he yeah. got counted out, or something. I think he won by disqualification because somebody interfered, probably Bob Wharton. But then that led to the first WrestleMania, which now thirty some years later, yeah, it's you know still going on. So, what do you think made Roddy Piper such a great villain? It was his. Um, I guess I I want to say like his. The way he presented his character. I mean, he was great in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he talked, the way he the way he acted. Just his whole demeanor about himself, you know, the over-the-top. He basically didn't give a shit what he said. Yeah. He just said it. And that's this is before before they really scripted a lot of their promos. Yeah. He would just say some shit. Well, they figured out that he was so good on the microphone. This is he wrestled around the country uh, quite a bit. Well, since he was the age of what fourteen, he was fourteen. Uh, he basically he was uh, he found himself to be homeless, and he was staying in a. Uh, I thought he was living in the gym. Well, he was staying like in a boys' home. Yeah, in, in Canada, and the the there was a preacher there that kind of ran the place, and he said, "Look, there's you know, listen, Roderick." Yeah, he's like, there's, uh, you know, you're you're going down a bad path in life. Uh, you're going to get killed on yeah. the streets. So I can hook you up with some wrestlers, and they'll take you and give you a job and all this. He was like 14 years old, and he's wrestling Larry the Axe Henning. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. That's awesome. And the, and the dude's like a monster. Yeah. And they, they, I think it was in Saskatoon. I, as far as one interview I saw with Piper, they held the record for the shortest match ever. He said he got in the ring, the bell rang, then the bell rang. It was like 14 seconds. Holy shit. What kind of pissed Larry Henning off is... This is, what, and this is Kurt Henning's dad. Kurt Henning's dad, yeah. Uh, what pissed Larry Henning off is that Piper was in a, a bagpipe band, drum and drum pipes band, and they were so excited that he was actually doing something with his life, they said, let us play you to the ring. Oh, shit, so he's the first one to have music. He was one of the first, but he had a live band. Yeah. They walked out with him, and so he was walking out, and the ring announcer didn't know. All he knew was his name was Roddy. And so he looked up and he goes, you know, who is this guy? And who am I supposed to announce? They never told him. So he goes, mm, coming to the ring is Roddy the Piper. That's how he got his name. No shit. Yeah. That's how he got his name. So it's Roddy Piper. Then he got his ass kicked by Larry Henning. And then they went on tour. They just put him in a van and they took him on tour. That's fucking awesome. And he went everywhere. And got his ass kicked by everybody. And then eventually they figured out, hey, the guy can, you know, they, they, they smartened him up. They taught him the business. But they figured out he could talk. Yeah. So they they put him with another up-and-comer named Ric Flair. Oh, shit. And those two were, they, they were together for quite a while. Like in uh, uh, Seattle. In that area. Yeah. And... They wrestled together, and there's a great promo. So I'm surprised he didn't end up here because you got a lot of them Canadian wrestlers. Oh, they they came to Omaha. Who I mean, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't live here. Yeah, with a lot of them Canadian wrestlers. Well, and I don't think he ever worked AWA. Yeah, that's why they were here. It's because they worked for AWA. I don't think the Piper ever did wrestled extensive anything. extensive tour with AWA. But then that's out of Minneapolis, so they would live in Omaha, and they could it was central centralized, so they could tour the the territory. But they put him with Flair. They had a successful run. Uh, he had a great program with Greg Valentine with that chain match. Oh, yeah. But there is a great, and I cannot remember who they were supposed to face, but Flair and Piper are out getting interviewed ringside, and Piper takes a beer bottle. You remember the short little beer bottles? Oh, yeah, little stubbies. Little stubbies. He takes one of those full of beer and breaks over his forehead, and he's bleeding. There's beer everywhere, all over everybody. He's bleeding everywhere. That's how he starts his interview. It's a it's a great interview. Holy shit! But he got the point across. He's he's nuts, and he'll do anything. And he was fucking. He was nuts. Yeah. So, eventually, he made it to New York. WWF, and they gave him a talk show. Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit. I I just I'll play a couple quotes from Piper's Pit. Yeah. Because some of this stuff is just brilliant. And it, a lot of it was just freestyling. So here's a couple qu quotes from Piper's Pit. Well, it's a pleasure to have me here this week. This week, you have the opportunity of seeing someone, a very, very special guest, my particular favorite wrestler, a man that supersedes everything that you could ever think of beyond wrestling, beyond anything he wants to do, the most intelligent man that I have ever met in my entire life. A man who takes things into his own hands, a man who gets things done. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you at this time, 
Piper, you're a jerk. Now you walk a jerk for this. I'm a man. That's the difference between you and me. Spit it out. Okay, I'll spit it out then. I think that you're a loser and a geek. I don't think you got nothing going for you. You went and you got yourself injured. You come back after you got yourself injured and you ain't done nothing. You ain't fought nobody. I think you're trapped. Hey, I can hear you very well right here. I can hear you very well. How come you never wrestle anybody on TV? I'll wrestle somebody on TV. I'm not afraid. I never see you week to week. You never come out here and wrestle anybody on TV. What? Never wrestle anybody on TV? Would you like to wrestle me? Why don't you think about this for a week? I'll fight you! I'll fight you! I'll fight you whenever you want to, man! I'll fight you next week! I don't give a damn, man! Okay. With us, uh, we have, uh, up Uncle Elmer, no, I don't want to, no, no. We have Uncle Elmer who is uh, going within the next week, going to get married uh, in the ring, <laughs> kind of screaming into your lover's arms, so to speak. Uh, could you tell me? Does that, I don't know anything about the wedding. Why would you want to get married on television? Why wouldn't I want to get married on TV? Because maybe nobody would come to your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Uh, with us this week, we have a fine gentleman. Tried to smell my flower. We have a fine gentleman, Mr. Mad Dog Vashon, one of the greatest wrestlers ever in the history of professional wrestling. You know, you and I share so much in common. We have so much, so much in common. You and I, we both have been the top of our field. We're both tremendous athletes. We're both suave, we're both debonair, we're both handsome, we're fine gentlemen. We, I, I really have a lot of admiration for you. Uh, who is this, this uh, telephone pole behind us here? It looks more like a totem pole. A to oh, Mr. Michon. You know some people, Rowdy, they have a, some people, they, when they break a bone, some people are inclined to never yield up. Well, that's what's happened to Ace. Uh, how, would you, how would you feel if you had a broken bone in your body somewhere that, that maybe like, uh, that would never yield up, maybe like your neck? No, I wouldn't like that. Just a second, will you? Hey, you ain't nothing! You ain't nothing! I'll tell you one thing right now! You want to fight Andre? You're going to find out one thing! You do not! Piper, Ronnie, Ronnie Piper, and the Piper's been always controversial, always exciting, and certainly this week was no exception. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Hello, peasants. This here is the very last Piper's Pit that you'll ever see in your entire life. I'd like you to listen to me for a second, you know. First of all, we got all these TV cameras here. I'm kind of interested in the people in the arena, too, you know. How y'all doing? I want to tell you something. A little bit of the inside, maybe, of Roddy Piper. I'd like to do this if you wouldn't mind listening to me. I was just a street kid. People talk about wrestling, and I was just a kid born. I didn't have no mom and dad, and 
No, I'm not, this ain't no lassie story. I grew up, and if it wasn't for professional wrestling, I'd probably be in jail someplace, man. But instead of that, instead of that, I ended up marrying a beautiful American woman. I got two little American girls. I've been, I've been stabbed three times. I've been shot at. Went down twice in an airplane. It didn't bother me or make me want to retire. I got a little girl four years old. Some days I go on the road for 50 days of time. Last time, a little girl grabbed me around the leg and she was crying and she asked me not to, asked me not to go anymore. And I can handle anything. You can shoot me, you can stab me, you can spit at me, but I ain't gonna let them go without a daddy like uh, myself, man. Uh, and they're gonna be raised Americans, and they're gonna be raised damn good Americans. I'm not an American. I'm here on a green card. But I'm proud of this country because they let a jerk like me come in and do whatever the hell I want to do for as long as I can. And you gotta admit, you gotta admit, when I was well, I was hell, man. And I had you all rocking for as many years. When you come to see me fight, you got your money's worth. I never surrendered and I never retreated from nothing. Thank you to the WWF. And Daddy, Daddy's coming home now, man. I'm Roddy Piper, and we're not. So, as you can see, I mean, the guy just had a gift to gap. Oh, he did. He was he was he was fucking brilliant. Yeah. He he was basically he was a prick. Yeah, and he was good at it. He was very good at it. But then you get outside the characters, like a very humble, extremely, and I down to earth person. I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet him. Yeah, me too. Because. I have friends that, that worked with him quite a bit, and they say he was the most amazing person ever. Oh, he's like, you got guys like Piper who, you know, would probably go out of their way for their fans. Mm-hmm. But then, but you put it, you know, and then you got guys like Hogan who, you know, in his, in his heyday was king shit. Oh, yeah. And he's, got, he's one of them guys who was so cocky, he doesn't have time for anybody. Uh, he does have time for you if you give him 400 bucks. Yeah. Now he just they just announced a signing, and to get a combo of an autograph photo and a picture with him, four hundred bucks. Fuck that! Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. His prices have skyrocketed, but he refuses to acknowledge that he he says people bought tickets to see Hulk Hogan. People bought tickets to see Hulk Hogan kick Roddy Piper's ass. Yeah, that's so Piper sold the tickets. If they would have put him in there with anybody else, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have worked. And that was what the first WrestleMania. The first WrestleMania, uh, Hogan and Mr. T were on one side in a tag team with uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka yep. on the outside of the ring against Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with Cowboy Bob Orton as yeah. their manager. Dude, and tag Paul team. Orndorff was a monster. 
Paul Orndorff was amazing. He's not doing so well right now. No. He's uh, he's got dementia and he's just oh, not. Man. He's he's not doing so good. So I'm wondering if and that's just from head injuries or a lot of it is, or if it's hereditary or what. I think a lot of it is the the wear and tear and the the head injuries because you see a lot of professional athletes that have gotten concussions. Yeah. See, that's one thing that pisses me off about the way Vince runs his business. Yeah. These guys, they don't have insurance. Nope. They don't have shit. They had to pay for all medical shit out of pocket. I mean, because you like look at Mick Foley. I mean, he just had to do a Kickstarter. To get a hip. To get a hip replacement. Yeah. Because they don't have insurance, and that's what's fucking bullshit. They're not insurable because of of what they did for a living. Yeah. They're high risk. You know that they're going to be fucked up. I mean, you could still have, you know, you'd still think these guys would have some sort of insurance... Even though Vince had these guys all as contractors, so he wouldn't have to pay them yep. the insurance or what? pay them a higher salary. That's the thing. They they made money based on how much money they brought in. Yeah. So it was like they were guaranteed, you know, maybe a hundred bucks a night. Yeah. Guaranteed. And you know, like you know, you see you got a lot of these guys who were these wrestlers who were dying young mm-hmm. because, you know, they didn't have the money or the medical coverage to take care of themselves when they were younger. Right. And a lot of them just, it's, it's sad to say, but it seems like they just give up. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is what I mean. I like, you like, look, like, look, my, one of my favorite characters is Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. He died, he was not even 60. No, he was like 54, I think. Yeah, and he had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, if these guys, you know, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't broke. He had money, but he didn't have that insurance to take care of him when he was younger. Right, right. And he he had a lot of wear and tear on his body. He, he had a ton. I mean, he did a lot of extracurricular stuff on his body when yeah. he was younger, and yeah. even still up until probably close to when he died. You know, the guy was fifty five, and he was still shredded. Oh yeah, he was huge. I mean, like you look at Hogan now. Hogan's still shredded. Hogan's still a monster for being almost sixty years old. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. He's shrinking though. They say. Yeah, he's getting shorter. I mean, you like look at like um, like the Iron Sheik. Yeah. He just looks old. Well, but he was also old when Hogan started. Yeah, he had been wrestling for several years when Hogan yeah. started. And he also does mountains of cocaine. That's what's keeping him alive. I think it is, actually. It's keeping his heart going. <laughs> him and Keith Richards. <laughs> and the, Iron she- the, the Iron Sheik and Keith Richards. Are <laughs> I think it would be the only thing left when the Betty White happens. Yeah, and the, Betty White. And Betty White. There'll be those three and she'll win and... Yeah, cut their heads off, and then the the quickening will happen. You fucking jabroni! <laughs> you fucking jabroni, Hogan! Oh, he hates Hogan. He hates a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but so Roddy Piper, I can remember, he was the first bad guy that I was like, can I like him? Yeah, because he was so likable. He was funny. Yeah. He was hilarious. And, and so and you don't see any characters like that nowadays. They'll put. I mean, not like not to the extreme of Piper. No, no, where they're so bad that you like them. Yeah. They had, like, when the NWO was out, they were bad guys that were cool to like, but it wasn't because they were funny or they were likable. It was just they were doing such bad shit, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, back then with the NWO, but I mean, I'm talking about, like, right now. Oh, not, yeah, now. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing. Nobody. Not even, I mean, I guess I could say. Maybe the closest characters that they would have towards Piper is in AEW. Maybe because they have more. That's f- um, more free for you know, like a free for all. They're more old school. Yeah, yeah. So 
Do you remember like uh, a lot of Piper's Pits? Oh yeah. Okay, what's your favorite favorite Piper's Pit moment? Do you, Shit. Do you think? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I don't remember exactly which ones they were, but I remember watching them. I, I remember him always giving Bobby Heenan shit. Oh, yeah. He gave everybody shit. Yeah. I mean, Good guy or would, bad guy. But, I mean, like, like when they would, not, not necessarily a Piper's Pit, but, like, when they would do Saturday Night's main event. Mm-hmm. was Gorilla Monsoon, um, Bobby the Brain. Which, the greatest, greatest Doom. commentary yes. team ever. And then you'd have Roddy Piper in the other room. Yeah. Because and, they didn't want... It was like they, they separated Piper away from Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Just because he would fuck with him. Yeah. And I remember it was one, it was not, like I said, not necessarily a Piper's Pit, but it was one where um, Bobby Heenan was talking about Santa Claus. And he's like, Santa Claus isn't real. And, you know, he's just talking about how it's all made up and your parents are the ones who buy you the gifts and they're the ones who put the, the tr- presents out of the tree. And Piper. I don't know if he was kayfabing it or if he was actually just getting mad. He's like, you need to stop it now. He goes, I'm walking out of the room and I will beat the crap out of you. He's like, kids, Santa Claus is real. If you believe it, he's real, he's real. He's the one who puts the presents under the tree. It's not, you know, not all the stuff your parents gives you, but... Well, then that was when he was doing his his babyface turn. Yeah. He was a good guy. He, but I remember he, he'd go yeah. and he'd slap Bobby Heenan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd come up and just walk in the room and slap him. Yeah. Or I remember was it uh, one time... Uh, Piper was smoking a cigarette and he walked in there and blew it in Bobby and Brain's face. Yep. Because he's like, that's disgusting. Get out of here. See, the Piper's Pits that I remember, I mean, I've got them all on DVD, but the one of the very first ones, he got a guy that was just enhancement talent. Yeah. His name was uh, was uh, Frankie, um, Frankie Williams. Okay. And he was Puerto Rican. And He's like, what am I going to say to this guy? They said, just go out there. you got 10 minutes. Do something. Yeah. And he's like, what am I going to say to this guy? He's like, I don't know anything about him. He doesn't know a damn thing about him. The guy never wins a match. So he, he went out and he's like, what's your name? I don't even know who you are. And he said, I'm Frankie Williams. And he goes, okay, Frankie Williams. And he's got you know, a very thick accent. And he goes, where, where, where are you from? He says, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And he's like, okay, I got it. He's like, so have you ever won a match in Cleveland, Ohio? And he goes, no, I've never won a match in Cleveland. He goes, you've never won a match anywhere. And they were trying to just get it done and over with. So it kind of dead-ended. Yeah. And so Piper pushed him off, this, off his chair and shoved him off, off stage. And This is before they put it in the ring. Yeah, yeah. This was when they had his, his little set. Yeah. So he, like, shoved him off the stage. And then he turned and he wanted to say... Whatever his catchphrase was that that week, and I think it was you don't throw or just when you think you, I think that's the if you, if you think you have all the answers I change your questions. Yep. I think that might have been that week, but the guy came out and started fighting him. He got pissed. Oh shit! And he came out and started fighting him. So he broke his microphone, and so he had to scream it into the camera microphone. To, oh crap! So he caught, he actually caught his tagline at the end. But that's one, the Jimmy Snooker where he broke the coconut over his head. Yep. And he said he broke the coconut over his head, then he whipped him with a belt, and then he ran and locked himself in his dressing room because Snooker wanted to kill him. Oh, because Snooker was all crazy and coked up too. Yeah, and Snooker was pissed, and he wanted to kill him, so they say. Yeah. Uh, so he locked himself in the dressing room. And then there was WrestleMania five, and he had Brother Love and Morton Downey Jr., 
And he, Martin Downey Jr. was blowing smoke in his face. And he told him, you know, don't be blowing smoke oh, in his face. Oh, it's he blew, he fucking... He got him with a fire extinguisher. Yep. Well, at the end of that, and if you watch That might back, have been what I was thinking of. Yeah, they, they were in the ring for that one. And so Morton Downey is blowing smoke in his face, and, he, and Piper hits Morton with a fire, fire extinguisher. extinguisher yep. You know, blasts it on him. Well, if you watch it, at the very end, as Piper's walking around and, like, posing for the crowd, Morton Downey reaches out and grabs his leg like he still wanted to fight, and Piper lifts up the fire extinguisher, and he's going to smash Morton Downey on the head with it. And somebody outside the ring, I think it was Blackjack Lanza, screams, No, Ronnie! Because <laughs> he was going to, basically, he's going to fuck him up. Yeah. For, you know, for doing this. So, Piper's pit was very memorable. The other one that is huge is one of the biggest storylines in wrestling. And that is when it, it took them. This is when they used to tell stories, and like good stories for like six weeks, yeah, or eight weeks, or or four months, or whatever. It was when Hulk Hogan got a trophy for being champ for three years. Then Andre the Giant got a trophy for being undefeated for fifteen years, but his trophy was smaller. And Andre got a little jealous because Hogan's trophy was bigger. Yeah, so they drug it out over like four weeks and then Jesse Ventura showed up and said I'll bring Andre you bring Hogan we'll have him talk now that now that you know Andre shows up with Bobby Heenan they started the Wrestlemania 3 and that's when story yeah and that's when Andre became the heel and it took like six or eight weeks to tell that story yep so that's when they used to tell stories and they used Roddy Piper a lot for that because he was a great storyteller Great actor. Well, he was the he was the one interviewing him. Yeah, he would interview him, but he would always be a dick. Even when he was a good guy, he was a dick. Yeah, he was a smart ass. He was a dick, and I just I mean that's what that's what made him so likable to me. Yeah. Now, can you think of a match that Roddy Piper had that's one of your favorites? Shit. You know I can't because I mean most of my memories are him being doing commentary and shit. Right, doing doing. Interviews and commentary. Yeah, I mean, because by the time we started getting to that point where you remember that stuff, he was pretty much retired from wrestling. Well, see, I rem- I started watching way earlier, so I remember, like, I remember watching WrestleMania one when it happened, yeah, and all that. Um, when he wanted to go do do his acting, try to try his his hand at acting, he retired. Yeah, WrestleMania three against Adrian Adonis. The adorable Adrian Adonis. I remember Adrian Adonis. And he... Uh, he was adorable. He was adorable. He ended up shaving Adonis' hair. And that was the first That was the first barber match, wasn't it? Well, it, it, not the very first one, because they had been doing it down south, but it was one of the first in WWF at that, during that era. Yeah. And it that's what gave birth to Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And that, that was one that, 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 that's, and that character stuck with him still today. Oh, yeah. He still has those giant... Mm-hmm. Shears and shit. So, that sticks out as a favorite. Um, another, another, you know, really favorite favorite match that uh, the Piper had. That I, I mean, that I really really enjoyed. He fought Goldust in a backlot Hollywood brawl at one of the WrestleManias. And I don't remember that. It, I can't remember. It was like WrestleMania eight or something. He fought Goldust. Goldust, and. Because I don't think Goldust was around at WrestleMania oh, 8. Yeah, it was It was one. Maybe it was like 18. I don't remember which one it was. Because Goldust came around in the late 90s. Well, Piper and Goldust had a feud. 
and they used was that, that was when Piper shit. That was when Piper was managing. Um, fuck, I can't remember his name. I, he died. I mean, the guy died. Not Sean O'Hare. He, yeah, yeah. It was before that. He was Piper was like a, a commissioner. Yeah, Sean O'Hare. I think was from Omaha too. Really? Yeah, huh, I didn't know that. I think, I think Piper was commissioner, and he fought Goldust in a Hollywood backlot brawl. That had to have been a fun match for those two. They used footage from O.J. Simpson, the white Bronco chase. Yeah. They put Piper in a white Bronco, and they used the footage from the white Bronco driving and all the cops following yeah. it. They used that footage Oh my god! during the match. And they started out, they pre-taped in the back, they beat the shit out of each other, and then they ended up fighting their way into the arena. Yeah. They kept cutting off and seeing where they were, and they were just showing... O.J. Simpson. Just driving, driving down there. <laughs> so, I mean, that one was fun. He's had a ton of just great, great matches. And well, it's because, I mean, Piper had to have been around when, when Dustin Rhodes was young. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, with, with his dad. Yeah. So, I mean, that had to have been a fun match with those two. I'm sure it was. I, and I know, like, he was best friends with Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. They were they were each other's best man at the, at the wedding and all that. Uh you know, at each other's weddings and shit like Which that. Which I'm surprised when when um, he was in WCW, him and Ric Flair didn't do a lot of more tag team stuff or team-ups or get each other's backs because they, they were both feuding with Hogan. Right. Well, they did team up later in the WWF. When Flair was going after Randy Savage. No, no, it was even after that. They, uh, they teamed up. And won the tag team belts from the Spirit Squad, I believe. So this was like 2000s. Oh, wow. But it was a, a match. Spirit Squad. That was a terrible... Yeah, the, the, the cheerleaders. Those, yeah, those guys were terrible. Some of those guys are still around. I know, uh, Dolph Ziggler's one of them. That's right. He was, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So it was a... a, a so they tried something where the fans got to vote. They got to go online and vote who Ric Flair's partner was. Yeah, I remember this. And they picked Roddy Piper. That's how Roddy Piper learned that he had cancer. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he had stomach cancer, I believe. And that's how he learned. And he said, the fans saved my life because they voted me in. And when I started getting ready for this match, something was wrong. Yeah. And that's how he learned that he had cancer. And he beat cancer. He ended up beating it. Yeah, because he didn't die from it. No, he died of a heart attack. Like, about... Seven years maybe ago. Maybe seven or eight years ago, yeah. No, six years ago, because it was two, 2015. Okay, yeah, six it years was, ago. It was him, it was... Was it Ultimate Warrior, then him? I think so. Almost like a year apart? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, amazing wrestler, amazing, I mean, from all accounts, amazing person. Yeah. Uh, never really... Very, he was a, he's one of the few wrestlers, if you look at it, that they've been, him and his wife were together from day one. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, I think she, like, helped him stay... To the point where he wasn't doing drugs. Oh, he was doing drugs. Well, I mean, later. Because I think they got married in 82. Yeah. So. They had four kids. Four kids. And I don't think any of them are wrestlers. Uh, yeah, one of his daughters is. And I think one of his sons is. Really? Yeah. Uh, Colt Toombs and Teal Piper. They're not in the, they're not in the big. No, they're, they're independent wrestlers. I'd like to see them. One of them come to town and just yeah, just to say hi and shake their hand. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like you know, I'm a, I was a fan of your dad's and thank you for right doing this right. But no, he was uh, you know he was pretty revolutionary. I think uh, just 
by being an asshole. But yeah, nice he, guy. You know, he created he created the ultimate villain. Oh yeah, and like I said, if it wouldn't been for him, there would be no Hulk Hogan. No, and Hulk Hogan never really beat him. No, he never did. You know, they 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 never scripted it that way. So we told you that because we want to talk about this. <laughs> so that's not even why we we start. We the whole first half of the show was off topic. Yeah. So what that doesn't happen? Th- uh, yeah, that never happens. That's honey money from Flint. Well, for thirty minutes, that's yeah, honey that's money. a lot of honey money. Yeah. So. What we what we want to talk about is his his acting career, and he had a very very successful acting career. Um, maybe we'll compare it a little bit to that of Hulk Hogan, and just kind of see, you know, where the two or even well, Jesse they, Ventura. They, I mean, they were. I mean, yeah, Jesse Ventura. I mean, Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper's movies they were night and day. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, Piper's movies weren't for weren't marked for little kids. Nope. And nope. Hulk, every one of Hulk Hogan's were. Yeah, because he was the the ultimate good guy. Yeah. You know, so anything you want to wrap up with uh, Roddy Piper as a wrestler? No, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. We kind of glossed over it, but we just kind of gushed our love of Roddy Piper yeah. because, I mean, he, I can't say that I have a top five. I have a top six favorite wrestlers. I, I guess I, I would say I didn't like Roddy Piper when he was the villain on the cartoon. I love the cartoon. Because though. I was... You know, Hulk Hogan had, he was Hulk Hogan, and, you know, when you're six, seven years old... You're a fan of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then you get a little older and you learn the bad guys are more fun to root for. Yep. That's why, like, my top five are pretty much all bad guys. Top six, whatever. They've all, they were all better as bad guys. Yeah. You know, Jake the Snake, Mick Foley, Roddy Piper, uh, Macho Man. Yep. And then these last two, I can't pick between the two, but they were both kings. Haku and Harley Race. I'd say Haku. Well, I don't want to pick because uh, they both would beat your ass. Oh yeah. So I, I, think, I, I think Haku would probably beat your ass a little bit more. A little bit he worse. Was, yeah, he was yeah. actually dangerous. So was Harley Race. Was he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard stories about. I him. mean, my favorites. I've heard firsthand stories about. Oh no him. shit. Yeah, from Reggie. Okay. Yeah. My, I'd say my favorites, and not necessarily all bad guys, but you got Ultimate Warrior. Uh huh. Roddy Piper. Uh huh. Um. Probably uh, Kevin Nash, or the NWO guys. Okay. The, the original two. Hall and Nash. The, the Outsiders. Yeah. Hall and Nash. Not Hall and Oates. Don't get them not, confused. Not Hall and Oates. Not Hall and Oates. Um, oh, here she comes. The, did I say The Undertaker? Watch out, boys, she'll chew you up. That should have been their nature oh, music. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> um, She's and, a man eater. Oh, God. I, uh, where was I at? Hall and Oates. Okay, Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper, Holodose, <laughs> Undertaker. Yep. And I would probably have to say, probably make Foley. Yeah, Foley's amazing. I mean, any of his characters yep. that he had. Probably, yep. But my favorite would either be Mankind or Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack all the way. But Cactus Jack was his, fuck you, I'm going to destroy you. Bang, bang. Yeah. You know where he got that from? Hmm. Love Shack. Oh, no shit. Bang, bang, bang on the door, baby. That's funny. I didn't yeah, that's know where that. he got it from. Oh, no shit. So, Piper, I mean, easily in both of our top five. Yeah. You know, probably easily in our top, both of our top three. So, we're going to talk about his his movie career after this. And we'll probably play some uh, clips from Piper and because uh, he was on all kinds of commercials. and A couple clips from his movies. Couple, yeah, a couple trailers from his movies. So, uh, we'll be back right after these messages. And now, these messages. 
You're talking about a man that is so proud, so proud from being Iran. I saw him walking down the beach with his girlfriend. The only difference between him and his girlfriend was 10 pounds and a bikini, and the sheik had the bikini on, and she had the 10 pounds, and no $100 bill on the forehead. You're talking about a guy with a mug like a bulldog who has the audacity to get on TV with this humongous, ugly, nasty face and tell the cameraman to... Zoom it! Are you kidding me? Go away, go away, go away! I wouldn't want to show that! And then I think to myself, Buffalo! I think, well, first of all, who the hell would want to fight there? And if you did have to fight there, you'd have to fight the Iron Sheik. Maybe they're trying to get rid of both of us. I don't think they like me in Buffalo. I think they don't give a damn about me in Buffalo. I think they don't give a damn about him in Buffalo. And I think to myself, well, why did they make this? Because they got two crazy people, you see. Two crazy people that don't care. Two crazy people that when they get in there, they ain't going in there to win or to lose. This is a matter of who's the best. Obviously, the Sheik and I have beat everybody here. First time we have come together. The only difference between us is ugly. That's the only difference. You know what you're talking about. You're talking about a couple of studs. What you're talking about here is you're talking about a couple people that never been rode. You see what you're talking about here is someone's going to get hurt because I ain't just going to use my fist. I'm going to use chairs. I'm going to use buffaloes. I'm going to use... I might grab the kid. I might beat him to death with my canary. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know one thing for sure. I ain't dating none of his broads. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I am Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. Reflect for a moment on the art of cinema. Think of a motion picture like The Last Emperor and the nine Academy Awards it so richly deserved. Consider the profound emotional experience of a truly great film. Then forget it, sweetheart. Yes, better blow it out your exhaust pipe, cinema lover, because here comes fun with hair on it. Oh, that's disgusting. You're gonna see the biggest piece of shattering entertainment that ever molested your sensibilities. That sounds great. What a plot? Here it is. It's the end of the 20th century, and mankind has blown its wad. <laughs> the fate of humanity rests in the groin of one man. Their leader, Commander Toady, has kidnapped some pilgrims who wandered into their territory. We're gonna get them out, and then you're gonna get them pregnant. Yes, if you want a brilliant film, you can go right to... We're going to Frogtown. Hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Starring wrestling superstar, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Move over, Mr. Mel Gibson and Mr. Robert De Niro. Here comes acting talent and sensitivity like you've never seen. You are one weird dude. And speaking of talent... 
turn green, Ms. Meryl Streep. Here's Sandal Bergman, the exquisite star of Red Sonia and Conan the Barbarian. Hell comes to Frogtown, a story of mutant sex and people like you and me. It's hot, it's wet. And it's bad. It's hell comes to Frogtown. Hey dude, what's up? You know, I always thought that, like, Ram Man should have been a lot bigger because he was, like, ramming through walls. And he was just a little short dude. I, I wish I would have made an action figure of that. You know, you'd make that. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. Huh? Well, like, I love Captain Spaulding, but I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that they would have made, like, a, a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make custom action figures. Anything you want, out of anything you want. So, like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. Man, these new WWF figures are hot! They got real wrestling action! And our man shows everybody's got a price! American Dream will put you to sleep! And Hacksaw's gonna cut you down! Ooh, he'll pay for that! I'll squash Hogan with my new Macho Master! Man, Hulkster's gonna put the squeeze on you! And now you're taking the ultimate punishment! Let's get ready! I'll crown all of ya! New WWF figure so close to the real thing! It's <laughs> like being in the ring! It's twice the mayhem with new WWF tag team gators. Match the rocker, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty against Smash and Crash of Demolition. Hey, it's a double team. What a yeah. Oh, what a smash. It's time to run. <laughs> and roll. Yeah. Look out, Demolition. It's the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch. Hey, kids. Nobody stands up to the Donald Trump. Oh, the thunder from down under. The Bushwhackers win. Yeah. WWF tag team figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring. You, WWF, talking Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior! They're big enough to be talking tough! Holster rules, brother! Not in my kingdom, Hogan! Feel the power of Hulkamania! <laughs> uh, New WWF talking wrestlers are big! Each says six fighting phrases! Choosing the real voices of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior! Listen! I am the Ultimate Warrior! I challenge you, Warrior! I accept the Ultimate Challenge! Go be a great battle like these guys are talking! <laughs> New WWF talking wrestlers are big enough to be talking tough! Yeah! Did you know that we have joined a brand new network? No shit. No shit. It's the Sin Nation. Sin Nation? What the? F what is that? Synergy Nation Network. It's a group of podcasters that they just have real passion for what they're talking about and a love for podcasting. And a lot of these guys are our friends. A lot of them are our friends. And some of our friends we just don't know yet. Yeah. So if you want to check out some great shows... Go to SinNation.net, that's S-Y-N, Nation.net, and see all of these awesome shows, and sometimes they do supercasts where all the shows come together. That's actually really cool. It's great, and you can check it out, SinNation.net.
these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blind us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe. As long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. Our owners. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push button. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back. So, uh, what'd you what'd you think of a uh, little walk down memory lane with Roddy Piper there? Always makes me tear up, man. Yeah, I, I mean, he's one of those that he always kind of thought he'd be around. Yeah, forever. I mean, he he's, he even said he goes, "I'm not gonna live to see 60. Oh yeah, he, he said that in interviews all the time. Yeah, he, he he knew he wasn't long for this world. Um, but the good thing is he left behind a huge, a legacy. great, a great legacy. Uh, both you know in the wrestling business like we talked about and in the entertainment world and like we said he appeared in some music videos for Cindy Lauper the Goonies are good enough but he also performed a song on uh, the wrestling album they made a video for it they made a, he made a song called for everybody oh yeah but it's a remake the remake, the original song was by uh, Mike Angelo and the Idols, and the original was called Fuck Everybody. But they changed it to For Everybody. Uh, and he was 61 when he died. 61? Yeah. Oh, wow. He made it. Um, so he made a video for that. He was a guest VJ on MTV in 88. And then in 92, he, uh, he released a single and music video in the United Kingdom called I'm Your Man. I've heard this. And the B-side is called Judy Come Back. So Piper was a musician as well. Yeah. We might have to try to dig up some Dude, of these he songs. Dude, he did a song in 87. It must. It was, a, it was, it was Roddy Piper, My Way Tribute. 314 of 87. So he's got a movie, he's got a song called My Way. Maybe it's a... Oh, well, I've... I have found the song. I'm your man. We'll just plug that in right here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to that. I've been watching you all night. Because everything about you, it's all right. 
Okay, well there was that. Yeah. Now we know what we know all we need to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not gonna talk bad about Piper, but No. We'll uh, just say that uh, it, was, it was it was it was different. Yeah. It was different. I bet it did really well uh, over in the United Kingdom. Um but uh maybe there's a reason we never heard it. Yeah, there's gotta be. Yeah. So well let's jump into uh to what what he had going on here with his acting career. I mean he he was in several TV shows, but I think his movies kind of take more prominence. And um, so, the, okay, the first one let's talk about is Body Slam. You got it up there? Yep. Okay, the, go ahead and talk about that. The basis of the movie is a music promoter, Dirk Benedict, who manages a wrestler, Roddy Piper, puts a rock group with a mat card to start a fad. Uh, and uh, Kind of like a rock and wrestling. Yeah, Dirk Benedict from the A-Team. Yeah. Face. Face from the A-Team. It had Roddy Piper, Dirk Benedict, Captain Lou, um, Tanya Roberts. Billy Barty from Time Band. It's one of my favorite uh, yep. little people actors. Charles Nelson Riley was in it. Oh, my God. I remember this John movie. Austin was in it. John Austin. That yep. is uh, Gomez Adams from the TV show. Um, Sam Fatu. Tonga Kid. Yeah. He played Tonga Tom in the movie. Um, Kelly Martin. Um, Afa Anai. Anoy. Anoy. Yeah, Afa and Sika. He played one of the Samoan. He played the Samoan number one. Barry Gordon. And John Fugajaka. He played Mr. Kim. Well, and don't forget, Sioni. Uh, yep. Sioni. Sika was in it. Sika yeah, Flair was in it. But Sioni is uh, the barbarian from Powers of Pain. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, I, fuck, mean, I mean, this had a. I mean, Freddie Blassie was in it. There was a ton of people in yeah. this thing. And I can remember it being one of the first wrestling crossover movies that I remember uh, seeing. You know, one of the first ones that I remember being out there and. And, and it's that. not talked about much. It's really it was, not. It's it kind of forgotten. Yeah, but it was a. It's a. It was a good movie. I mean, it's another one I need to start. I need to find it and watch it again. And I, I think it's out there. I mean, I think it's out there available to watch. It had hot young Tony Roberts in it. Yes, yes. So I mean that alone. And plus, you get to see Roddy Piper and Captain Lou go nuts. Yeah. But Bruno Sammartino was in it. I mean, it, there's a lot of people that that were in this that, uh, you know. That you would recognize. Jay York was a was a wrestler. Um, Adnan L. Casey, Pistol Pete. I bet that's a uh, uh, Pistol Pete Martinez. Yep. So there was a lot of, of wrestlers that had bit parts in this because they needed people that knew how to wrestle. Yeah, the barbarian played Axe the Cannibal. Yeah. So I remember this being like the one of the first crossover movies, and I think this kind of kickstarted that oh, desire yeah. for. Wrestlers are good actors, you know. They people kind of learned that the wrestlers can actually do shit. They can actually act. So we're gonna skip around a little bit on his IMDb because there are a couple big ones we want to talk about last. Oh, here, here we go. Here's something right here about this movie. Okay. Um, during filming of the final match, the crowd began to heckle the wrestlers because they could clearly see that their blows were faked. Oh, really? At the time, wrestling publicity 
publicly maintained that everything they did in the ring was real. Yeah. The wrestlers had to pull their punches for the sake of being able to shoot multiple takes. Suddenly, a fight broke out between Roddy Piper and one of the cannibals, leading to a bloody brawl involving all the wrestlers. The director, Hal Needham, a former stuntman, jumped in to stop them, but was the, was tossed out of the ring, and the crew and the crew stunned. Wait, hold on, sorry. It was tossed out of the ring. The brawl was eventually broken up and leaving the audience cast and crew stunned. Later that day, Piper revealed that Dirk Benedict revealed to Dirk Benedict that the rest that the wrestlers had improved the fight in order to get the audience to believe wrestling was real again. Oh wow! So they were keeping kayfabe. Yeah. And the the character that Dirk Benedict played was based on Vince McMahon very loosely. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. <clears throat> and just from what, I mean, what I've heard. And there's seven Hall of Famers in this movie. Wow. Um, Bruno Sammartino, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Classy Freddy Blassie, Afonsica, and Captain Lou. Wow. <laughs> so this says that Sioni, the barbarian, took advantage of the free drinks at the hotel bar one night, refused to leave. The police were called, and that caused the barbarian to go into a drunken rage and beat up some of the policemen. Oh, shit. And he was arrested and jailed until his wife came and bailed him out. <laughs> so that's great. But, I mean, he's a big, bad man. I mean, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with him. I wouldn't fuck with him at all. Even today. No. No, he's still huge. He's still huge. I just saw him the other day, actually, on, on uh, Deal. But, so yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's one of the very first crossovers like this. And I think maybe kickstarted that all the wrestlers because after this, Jesse Ventura got into acting. Yeah, Hulk Hogan got into acting. Um, well, I think Piper and Ventura were the first ones to get into acting. Yeah, because uh, Ventura did Predator. Yeah, and they that was one that they crossed over. I don't remember talking about this I one. I think he did Predator, then he did Running Man. Yes, he did. I don't remember talking about Body Slam on WWF programming. Probably not. They talked about Predator a lot. Because Ventura really pushed that. I'm the big star. Yeah. I'm the big star. And then Hogan came out with No Holds Barred. And that's when Ventura kind of, he wasn't wrestling anymore, but he kind of started a feud with Hogan about, yep. I'm the Hollywood star here, you know. And then that then Piper came back and said, I've know, done more movies than both of you. Yeah, I am the Hollywood star here, bastards. So Because I think he even said that when he was in WCW. Yeah. Because I've done more movies than you. He's done more good movies than, yeah. than Hogan for damn sure. Now, I want to jump around just a bit. Jump around. Jump around. Jump up, jump, jump up, but get down. down. And I want to talk about uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. I'll have to find it here. I think I've seen this movie once, and it was at your place. Well, it's actually, it's on Troma Now. I just signed up for Troma Now. Yeah, I've got that now, too. It's, it's on there. I'm about to watch it. So you can watch it again. This movie... Not the best movie. Oh, I would not think so. Not really at all. Um, Were they keeping the zombies in cages, and they'd have to have the wrestlers wrestle them, just to like either stay alive or? They were in a prison for some damn reason. Um, I know that it had to do with. Uh, it, it's so bad that it's not even on his IMDb. Yeah, they just pulled it. So, what the premise of the movie that I remember is, is that 
Shane Douglas is in it, and Shane Douglas killed a wrestler in the ring. And in order to get back at him for yeah. doing that, friends of this guy that he killed in the ring lured him and some of his wrestler friends to this prison to put on a wrestling show. And and uh, little did they know that this place was overrun by zombies. You know, the, the wrestlers didn't yeah. know that. But it had... Shane Douglas in it. He he was one of the lead roles. He didn't really do a lot though. Um, Does it, he do a lot anyway? Not really. It had Roddy Roddy Piper, who was actually the star. He went to the show at the abandoned prison at, as a favor to his friend. Yeah. They got Jim Duggan, Matt Hardy, and his then girlfriend, now his wife, Rebby Sky. He's married to Rebby Sky, huh? He is married to Rebby Sky, and. Uh, uh, Kurt Angle. They were all in this. Oh, God. And Kurt Angle probably hated every bit of this. I, you know, this movie, it was fun. It was. I, I think I even backed the, the Kickstarter of it. Oh, shit. And I got a DVD out of the thing. It was fun, but I'm going to tell you, this thing was kind of a turd. It was one of those... Movies that we love that nobody else really would. Yeah. Um, in, in, I mean, I don't know if we even want to spoil it because I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to watch this, but a lot of, I'll just say this, a lot of wrestlers die in this movie. Yeah. A lot of them get turned into zombies. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a zombie is a terrifying thing. Oh my God. And uh, probably not the best probably not the best choice. It was made in 2013. So you know these guys were just getting a payday. Yeah. And it was a rough one. I mean, that was that was a rough one to that was a rough one to watch. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I might check it out again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth a watch, but man, it was another one that I I saw most of it once. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but it was submitted uh, to a film festival that, that I used to be a part of, and it was it was Piper's last movie. It's called The Chair. Okay. And this was made in 2016. That's when it was released. Okay, so he had been passed since. Yeah, it, it was released after he passed. And from what I remember, it I didn't finish it. It was just not my. It was that bad. Yeah, but it had great. A great cast had Bill Oberst Jr., who uh, he's in Circus of the Dead. He plays Papa Corn. Yep. Uh, he's also in Abraham Lincoln versus the Zombies. That's a great movie. He plays Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Roddy Piper's in it. Uh, Zach Galleon from uh, Gremlins. Oh no shit. Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story. Pepper. Yeah. She's in there. Um, I think that's about. Oh, Joseph. Uh, uh, Pilato, he was uh, in Day of the Dead. He's the asshole that gets ripped in half and says, choke on him. He was in it. So, I mean, they had some star power behind it. Just not not written very well. Yeah, it was uh, about a man on death row that was trying to get off of death row. The warden was sadistic. The uh, prison guards were very cruel. And... 
the inmate is forced to basically confront his past and basically, you know, sit in with what he did. Yeah. While he's being tortured before he gets killed. Okay. So, I know that there was, I mean, there were some scenes in there that I don't even care to discuss. They were that bad. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Roddy Piper was involved in some of those. So, his last outing, not maybe the most admirable. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a big bang. No, uh, no, not at all. So, I mean, and, and like I said, I did not, I did not finish this movie. And I, I won't. Yeah. You know, because I, when I saw the direction it was going, it's like, I don't want to remember him like this. You know, I don't want to remember Piper being, you know, this sadistic of a, of a person. Yeah. You know? um, I would rather remember him as a stud in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Which is a great movie. So, what, I mean, I, I'm sure people have seen it. You want to talk about it a little bit? Just what uh, if you haven't seen it? The mo- basis of the movie is after nuclear holocaust renders most of mankind sterile. Most so basically, most men can't have kids anymore. They're shooting blanks. A drifter is recruited in a very special assignment. He, <laughs> he went into great detail about that. Yes, they're sterile. They can't have children. They're shooting blanks. They're shooting blanks. Their sperm doesn't swim anymore. He basically is found, and he's he's got good sperm. And so he's very fertile. He's very fertile. And so they slap this metal electronic chastity belt on him. That shocks him. Yeah, that shocks him if he gets a far if he gets too far away. And he's basically running around with his chastity belt on and his name is Sam Hell. Yes. And frogs have mutated to like um people and frogs kind of merge. Yes. They're like humanoid frogs. Humanoid frogs. It's it's a, it's kind of like Mad Max meets Ninja Turtles, with, but instead of them being after water, they're after Roddy Piper's sperm semen. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, this, who who isn't? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, back then, right? Well, I mean, if there was some frozen now, I mean, I'm sure it would go for high dollar on the market. I, I would not even want to try to bid on that. Um, we won't discuss that because I know a lot that, of people that would. Yeah, maybe me. Um, <laughs> well, then I could clone him. I could have my own Piper. There you go. Yeah. A little mini Piper. Yeah. So. He doesn't come out all the way. He's only this tall. You know, he's only yeah. two feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got his little kilt on. A little tiny kilt and leather jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's that's my mini rod. That's, a, that's my little mini rod. <laughs> so, mini hot rod. <laughs> so. He is given the task to repopulate the planet, and he's trying to escape. This one girl at a time. Well, yes, one frog girl at a time. And he has not only electric shock that if he gets out of line, they shock his groin. Yeah. But if he strays too far away from his guard, it's explosive. It blows Yeah, it, it blows starts beeping. Up. Yeah, and it, it, like, blows up his crotch. So, Hell Comes to Frogtown is... One of the most amazing films. And it's underrated. It's extremely underrated. And I think, I honestly think this one kind of put him on the map as a, uh, like a, a, a cult movie actor. Yeah. Came out in 88. 
So, 86, he had Body Slam. 88, he had Hell Comes to Frogtown. And just fucking brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Um, let's see if there's any trivia about Hell Comes to Frogtown that we need to tell you about. Let me see here. Because I'm sure there's some, some great stories. So, this wasn't originally um, written for Roddy Piper. And uh, it was actually written for a couple people that I don't, I've never heard of. Tim Thomerson. And then they, he couldn't do it. And then they wanted Daniel Stern. And Stern wanted the character change, so they didn't have him. So they came down between Roddy Piper and Ed Marino. And they picked Piper. And it was supposed to launch a television series. Yeah, it never, never happened. happened. Yeah. That would have been great. And it was more raunchy in the original cut. Which, that would be fun to, to see, the original the original cut. It was the last film to be shot in the Indian Dunes before the before Indian Dunes movies ranch before it was completely plowed under for housing development. Wow. Now here's something we can identify with. So Steve Wang did the Wang. Steve Wang did Wang. The, he did the frog makeup. And he did it for twelve thousand dollars. Wow. I mean that's something that we can identify with, you know, you do a lot of work and yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't make a lot of money, but we love it. Pam Greer was supposed to be in it. She was supposed to play Santillana? Cent- what? I have no idea. Santiella. Santiella. Sentinella? Sure. sure. Isn't, isn't that what... Isn't sure. that the candle you burn to keep mosquitoes away? Yeah. The Sentinella candle? The Pam Greer was, was considered to play her. So does Pam Greer keep mosquitoes away? <laughs> she must. I met Pam Greer once. Did you? She is still gorgeous. Oh, yeah, dude. Pam Greer is amazing. And so the, the cool experience I have with Pam Greer is I met her at, at, at like Kansas City Comic Con, and there was nobody in her line. So I walked up there. I went over to, um, there was a poster vendor that was selling old movie posters, and I found a poster for, I think it was like the big birdcage that she was in. Oh, yeah. With Sid Hay. And I wanted to make sure that it had her name and Sid Higgs' name both in the credits. So I took it up to her, and she asked me, she says, where did you get this? I said, there's a poster vendor over in the corner. I, and she goes, oh, this is really cool. You know, I've, I've never signed anything like this, you know? Yeah. And I'm not thinking, bullshit, you know, you've signed this shit before. You just don't remember. And I said, the reason I got it is, in two weeks, I'm going to see Sid Higg. And You still have this poster? No. No, I got ruined. I got destroyed. Oh, fuck. But I said, uh, that was one of the first ones that got destroyed, actually. Because it meant something to me. Yeah. Um, but, so, she said, uh, she said, oh, I love Sydney. And she kept talking, calling him Sydney. She said, I love Sydney. And so she drew a heart around his name on, in the credits. Yeah. And, like, made a little note that said, like, hi, Sydney from Pam on this poster. And she goes, you tell him that I said hi and I want to see him and all this. So, two weeks later, I saw Sid Hagen. I brought this poster to him. And I, I gave it to him, and he signed it, and I said, well, this comes with a message from Pam Greer. And he goes, when, when, when did you see? I mean, he, like, like a, like a kid, he starts stammering. He's like, when did you, when did you see Pam? He probably had a crush on her. And uh, I think there's more more than a crush. Yeah. But he goes, when, when, uh, when did you see Pam? And I said, I saw her two weeks ago. And, you know, I was in Kansas City again for another convention. And, you know, when I saw the Sid, and I said, uh, I saw her a couple weeks ago here in Kansas City. And he goes, oh, man. Oh, boy. And he's just, like, you can see, like, his mind was just going back in time. And then he just got this big smile on his face, and he goes, 
Pam's my girl. <laughs> and then he just like, he kind of tapped it and he goes, she's my girl. And he like tapped the heart and he goes, this is really cool. And I was like, fucking hey, that's awesome. That's but, cool. Shoot. Yeah, I still have a picture with, with Pam. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have that signed poster, which sucks, but I got the memory, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, she's, she's still beautiful. Oh man. Just, and per- personality. Oh Jesus. And the story she could tell. She was in a lot of shit with Sid Hey. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, Honey Money. We got some honey money. Honey money. You did get some honey money. Thanks, Flint. Yeah, thank you, Flint. You know, we haven't done a Gene Simmons break yet. We have not. Number two fan, Rex. Pony up the money, because here comes Gene Simmons. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons. You're not. There we go. There we go. Thanks, Rex. Thanks, Rex. And Rex, which one do you like better? Okay, that was the original. Do you like this one? This is the new one. You tell us which one you like better, and we'll play that one more often. So here's the new one. Who do I admire more than myself? Nobody. I'm spectacular. Are you really? Oh, I'm stunning. Or perhaps this one. My my uh, biggest compliment and the biggest downfall is the me part of me. I actually think I'm all that. I know it. That's my daddy. Okay, so that's he's a, got, that's a lot of overtime, right? Yeah, he's got three to pick from now, and, and yeah. we'll still play all three of them, I'm sure. But oh yeah, we will. We're, we're we're building a library. <laughs> we're, we're building the Gene Simmons Memorial Library, uh, funded by Rex, Toys for the Past Lincoln. So, <laughs> so oh, and we can't forget the Toy Hive on Facebook. And the Toy Hive, that's where we get that's where we get our honey money from. That's where we get our honey money from. Yeah, it's the Toy Hive. Flint, yeah. Flint, Flint, Frank. And if you want. If you want to get into the toy hive, it's, it's a private group. Uh, they sell toys. They sell. They do auctions. Auctions of all kinds of. Do live podcasts. We do a live podcast on there. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to get in there and you can't find it, get a hold of one of us or message us on the uh, the Retro Renegades page on Facebook, and we'll get you. Hooked yeah, up. we'll send you a link. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll invite you. Um. So yeah, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Great, great film. Um. I you know I. I very underrated when when you watch it, it's it's it's, it's action sci-fi, but it's got that humor element. Yeah, it's a very and it's you, a very. I mean, it, the movie it drags you in. It's not one of the movies where you sit there watching, you're like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Oh, it's easy to watch. Yeah, it's very so easy, easy to watch. So easy to watch. So that came out in '88, but this, which I think this is his greatest movie. Oh, I agree. Ever done? It's his most popular movie. It's ever his done. most popular. It also came out in '88. That's a busy year for for Piper. Yeah, and this is when he took a break and just acted. He retired. Acted. He retired from wrestling and just acted. Um, that, that's they live the uh, John Carpenter classic. Now I'm going to say something very controversial here. I'm not a big fan of most John Carpenter movies. Really? No. Uh, I I his his biggest films. I would say Halloween. I, I'm not a big fan. I like some of the Halloween movies, but like the new one that's coming out, I have no mm-hmm. desire to see it. Well, and, and he had nothing to do with that one. I'm saying like the original Halloween. Yeah. Cannot stand it. It's too slow for me. Yeah. Um, I respect its place in cinematic history. It did help usher in the era of slashers. Yeah. Along that, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Friday the and 13th. Friday the 13th. It helped usher in the great 80s slashers. Because uh, Halloween was like 79, I think. Something like that. 78, 79. Um, but I can't stand it. It's too slow. Yeah. And I don't like the thing. 
Really? No. I thought that was a great movie. Two. I mean, I, I again, I respect its place in movie. The thing history. is, like one of my top horror movies. Oh, it drags on and on and on. But that's what makes it so good, though. I mean, it's because you get like they don't know who they're fucking, who they can trust. I get all that shit like that, and you know the fucking dogs get turned into aliens, and everybody else gets turned into an alien. And it's got Wil- uh, Wilford Brimley in it, which I love. Wilford Brimley. It does have young Wilford Brimley. Very young, but. They Live, I think, is probably Piper's greatest movie. Oh, I agree. And for you know, if you haven't seen it, now a lot of people, you know, most people have seen They Live. It's it's a classic, or they've seen a reference to it or something. Yeah, everybody knows what They Live is, but the basic idea is uh, Piper plays uh, Nada. He's just kind of a drifter. They don't really explain him. No, he just wanders into town. And he's looking for a job. He starts he- hearing and seeing messages about they. And he doesn't know who they are. But they are something that has recruited the rich and powerful people in this town to control the rest of humanity. So they, uh, Nada gets employment as a construction worker. He befriends... Uh, Frank. Frank, who... Uh, Frank is is uh, uh, Keith David, I believe. Is yeah. And so they're buddies. And basically they start kind of seeing how things are working. There's like a complete subliminal message thing going on. And nobody knows what it is, but he gets these sunglasses that help him see like the underground of what's going on. So he would like look at a billboard that says whatever. And when he puts a glass on, it just says consume. Like eat at Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. It's like say eat at Joe's, but he put the glass on, it says consume. Well, do you know this, this movie they live is, it's an adaption from eight o'clock in the morning, which is a book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, great movie and a lot of, there's a lot of, Political commentary and, and social social commentary, and I, I think this movie would be great today with all the shit that's going on in the in the world. Oh yeah, a lot of conspiracy stuff, and yeah, I mean people would see this and like, okay, you know what? It's almost like they take this and they take 1984. Yep, and that would be today's society. Oh yeah, yeah, because he starts to notice like when he would interact with somebody, and all of a sudden they start talking into their watch. Yeah, so he puts sunglasses on. And he would see that it's like this blue-skinned alien. Yeah. And he would start seeing through all this stuff. So didn't he then go... Um, he went to a uh, TV station to try yeah, to tell Channel him. 3 or something? Uh, channel 54. 54, that's it. And he uh, he takes one of the um, reporters hostage. And that was uh, Meg Foster. Yes, who has got the best eyes oh, in Hollywood. Yes, and such a sweet, sweet woman. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I, I talked to her when I was down Texas Frightmare. Yeah. And I selected a picture of her and Roddy Piper together for her to sign. And I told her I was a huge Roddy Piper fan. And she came out from behind her table with tears in her eyes and just said, can I just hug you for a minute? And I just held her. And Oh, she, she loved Piper. Yeah, and she, she looked at me and, and those... She can stare a hole right through you with her those piercing blue eyes. And she looked at me and she had tears in her eyes and she said, you don't understand. 
Rod Piper was amazing. He was an amazing man. She goes, I, I was friends with him after this movie. And she signed my picture and everything. And then we stood and talked about Roddy Piper for like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. And she said he was just such a sweetheart. He was a pleasure to work with. He was a good friend and all that. She goes, I, I miss him. And I'm like, I was a fan and I miss him too. Yeah. And she just hugged me. She's like, let's take pictures. And the pictures of me and her together, she is like a part of me. She's like, hey, oh, wow, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're like really cuddled up and, and they're taking, her handler's taking pictures. She goes, take some more. She goes, you're a good hugger. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you're evil win. Yes. <laughs> you know? But yeah, she's a really sweet woman. But I think They Live is his greatest movie. It's probably his film legacy. Oh, yeah. That's like the crown jewel of his film legacy. And... I mean, they they couldn't have picked a better person to play George Nada than Roddy Piper. No, no, not at all. And he is so quotable. First off, greatest fight scene in the history of movies. With him and... Him Keith. and... Yeah, him and, him and Keith David. We're, and they're friends. Yeah. He's trying to get him to wear the glasses and see what he's seeing. You just look. Yeah, put on the glasses. And they're beating the shit out of each other in an alley. Beautiful fight scene. And they recreated that in South Park. They did, didn't they? Scene for scene. Move for move. Yep. When uh, Timmy and Jimmy fought. Yep. And those two fought. It was scene for scene, a remake of They Live. But that beautiful fight scene, well choreographed, and... Probably, I would say, one of the most famous fight scenes oh, in, yeah. in movie history. Uh, but yeah, well, He's great. got some of the greatest quotes, too. Oh, the, yeah, his quotes. I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all, and out, of I'm all out of bubblegum. He actually made all out of bubblegum soda. Oh, no the shit. Bubblegum flavored soda. It's called all, all, Roddy Piper's All Out of Bubblegum Soda. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I wonder how much of that was actually ad-libbed for all his like quotes. I, I believe he ad-libbed quite a bit of it, actually. Um but yeah, he. I mean, they. John Carpenter met Roddy Piper at WrestleMania three in in eighty seven, and he was just like, "This is the guy," because he said most Hollywood actors could play a part. Yeah, Roddy Piper was the part. He said he he had uh, he was quoted as saying Roddy Piper had life written all over him. And just, he was so full of energy and just, he was the part. He, he said there was no question. And he was impressed with Keith David's performance in The Thing. And so he cast him because he wasn't a traditional sidekick. Yeah. He was, a, he was Piper's side man, but he could hold his own. Oh, yeah. So he needed somebody that could butt up against Roddy Piper and make it believable. And we've met Keith David. I wish that we would have talked to him a little bit more, but. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Very nice guy. Also, uh, a voice in the Gargoyles cartoon. He's the voice. He's a, also the voice of Spawn too. Yeah, in the cartoon. So, I mean, really, super, super nice guy. He's just got that. He's got that, almost like that. Um, oh, what the heck's his name? James or uh, Morgan Freeman style. Yeah, James Earl Jones, James Morgan Freeman style. You know, recognizable voice. Yeah, very. He's one of those that you'll watch a cartoon and you're like, God, that sounds familiar, and you can't place his voice, yeah. but you look it up and it's like, Oh yeah. It's, and he's been a ton of shit. Yeah, he's, he does a lot of voice acting now. So, I mean, what do you think the like the the legacy of they live? Like, I mean, because basically, I think it holds up still today. So do I. I think it's more prevalent today than it was in the eighties. It's a if like I said, if it was made today, it would have it would be far more superior than say the Halloween movies 
or they you're the thing. Oh yeah, because it's just one of those cult classics to where it's going to hold up over time. Well, it's actually uh, they ranked it Entertainment Weekly magazine. They ranked it number eighteen on their top twenty five essential. It's the cult twenty five, the essential left field movie hits since eighty three, and that is number eighteen. And the fight scene is uh, seventh in the top 20 greatest fight scenes ever. Really? Number seven. And they actually, uh, the guy, uh, Darren uh, Ostrovsky, he's a director. Okay. He took that uh, fight scene. It influenced him. He directed The Wrestler, the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Oh, no shit. And that fight scene influenced him. But he thought it was a spoof. He thought the fight scene was a spoof. He didn't think it was serious. But it influenced him to start making movies and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and Shepard Ferry, who was an artist, he credits that film as a major source of inspiration for the campaign he did, Andre the Giant Has a Posse. Yeah. So that's why the Andre the Giant... You've, you've seen the stickers that they put everywhere that says Obey, and it's got Andre's face. That was from They Live. Oh, no shit. Yes. That, he said it had a, a strong message I've about seen commercialism. Those, I've seen those stickers, but I just didn't. I mean, I put. I knew it was from They Live, Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know it was Andre's face. Yeah, that's Andre's face. It's Andre the Giant has a posse. And he, he made a bunch of them, but that main one. Andre the Giant was a posse. Yes, he was. He was the boot squad. But yeah, uh, Shepard Ferry said that the movie has a strong message about the power of commercialism and the way that people are manipulated by advertising. Even more so today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think it, I don't want to see it redone, because they no. can't, but it is more prevalent today. People should watch it if they haven't seen it, because it makes more sense today with the way that advertising and the way the media I hope John Carpenter owns the rights to this movie, and he doesn't sell it to like the movie production company. Or, yeah, I really hope it never gets remade. If they remake it, it, it won't. It'd be, like, Rob Zombie did great with the Halloween movies. Yeah. But... Unless Rob Zombie gets behind it, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't want to see a remake anyway, but you'd have to have the right director or the right writer to even come close. Now, there was a, uh, a, they tried to remake it in 2010. Um, I don't even remember hearing about that. John Carpenter was going to produce it, and Matt Reeves signed on to direct it and write the screenplay, and then... They shifted away from being a direct remake to They Live. They wanted they wanted to do a different adaptation of 8 o'clock in the morning. And they wanted to get rid of the satire and the political elements of it. Yeah. But since 2011, they just have not announced anything more about it. They just make it just read just instead of remaking They Live, just do 8 o'clock in the morning. That's and that's basically what they want to yeah. do. So I hope that they stay away from They Live because you there's no nobody could redo Roddy Piper. No, they couldn't get any. They, it, it, and they, what they would probably do is they would probably try to bring in another wrestler like the Miz. Oh no! And I, I like the character. I like the Miz, but nobody's gonna be able to redo Roddy Piper. No, the, Roddy Piper was once in a lifetime. Yeah, as a talent, I don't care wrestler. You have you got, nobody's nobody's got that charisma. No, or that that. That attitude or that, that, I don't know what you want to call it. He, he's larger than life and he yeah. was very spontaneous. He could do anything. So 
I guess what 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 kind of what are your final thoughts on? We talked about Piper as a wrestler, and and we we love Piper as a wrestler. Yeah. Um. But this was mainly to talk about Piper the actor. What are your thoughts on his legacy as an actor? As an actor, I think he did great. He's very under. I don't know, underappreciated. I very underrated and underappreciated with what he did. Because I mean, the movies he had, they were such cult classics. They weren't total big mainstream movies like you see, like the Alien movies, right? Or the say, like the Stallone Rocky movies. Yeah. You know, this was something different. You know, it was a John Carpenter. I think John Carpenter did Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, he did. And that was a mainstream movie. Yeah. It's not. It's not up there with that. I mean, with I mean, with Hollywood, but it's got its own place with the fans. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's completely a fan-driven cult movie. Yeah. Um, I think all of it. Hell Comes to Frog Town is another one. That's, that's and that's a great movie. Yeah. That that is. You know, and we talked about that, but it's it's another one that the fans just kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. So, I wish that Piper would have gotten more roles because all of all of his movies. Even the ones that aren't that great, his performance in them is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, and he's done tons of movies, but a lot of the stuff you've never heard of. Right. Because, because it, was, it was like straight to video yeah. or straight to DVD. Yeah. You know? And it just it never had that big backing behind no. it. No. So I think it, 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 on one hand, maybe that helped him out, that he was that shining star in an otherwise subpar performance from everyone else or subpar project. Yeah. That wasn't expected to be a hit. And I, I've said it I said it earlier and I'm gonna say it again. Much, much better actor than Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. His movies I mean Hogan had the name and he had the name for the kid with the with the kids. Piper we, had the talent though. And Piper had the talent. I mean, we all watch No Holds Barred and oh, yeah. you know, the Mr. Nanny type movies and shit like that when we were younger because yeah. it was driven towards kids. Right. Piper's movies were driven towards teenagers and adults. Yep. Yep, and he he was yeah probably I would say one of the better. I'll even say he was probably the best wrestler actor. Yeah, I think he was the best. I mean, The Rock, you know, The Rock, The Rock is he's he's a, he's good. The, yeah, but the he's Rock also is got good. he's also got that charisma that say like Piper had. Right, right, and he knows how to he knows how to work an audience and knows how to make you know how he knows how to act. Because he's been around it his entire life, just like Piper was. Right. But I think with The Rock, The Rock has never been in anything that wasn't supposed to be amazing. He's Oh, no. He was in Doom. Okay, yes. And Doom was a terrible fucking movie. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll give you that. It still had big studio backing, though. Yeah, it did. Piper's stuff never really had big studio backing. It no. was just... It was almost a surprise that it was as good as it was. So... I would almost say like if it if they like if John Carpenter wasn't the name he is today, he'd be a Kickstarter backing movie yeah, writer. Yeah. So I think given that, The Rock is a great actor. Not gonna take it away from him. But The Rock has always been set up for success. Yeah. From the very beginning, The Rock was set up for success. Uh The Rock came about in an era where wrestling was bigger. Yeah, it was than it was in the sixties. In, in the eight well, in the eighties, when, when 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 Piper was wrestling. Uh, the Rock was from a different era, so he had a wider appeal as a wrestler because wrestling was everywhere. Yeah, and he grew up where around that '80s wrestling, yes, like, like we did. Yes, and then he jumped on it in the late '90s when he was in his early 20s. Yeah, and he's so my hot take would be 
while The Rock is a great actor, he was always been set, set up for success with big budget, big name because movies. Because he had that name. Piper is a better actor because he overcame not having that big studio backing. Yep. And he shined through what could, without Piper, I don't think that... I think he did his from. own stunts too. I think he did. So, but without without Piper, Hell Comes Frogtown, we probably would not be talking about No. Because it's not that great of an idea for a movie. No. Piper made the movie. They Live, quite possibly, we would not be talking about it because I think Piper made that it movie. Wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be where it's at today without, no. without Piper. So I, I would say he was a better actor than most of yeah. all the other wrestlers that have tried it. So that's just my controversial take, but it's... I don't know, man. You got Kane. See no evil. Those are awesome movies. Yeah, they are actually. <laughs> but, so, anything else you want to talk about with uh, with Piper's acting? No, I mean I think we covered a lot of good stuff on him, and you know he's he's one of them actors, wrestlers that you know is truly missed. Oh yeah, yeah. We, that that one really hit me when he passed away. Uh, and he even said he wasn't going to make it. He wasn't going to live to be seventy or at least. 60. He said he would never make it to be sixty. Yeah. And and I think he passed at like his early sixties. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I miss uh, old Hot Rod and, uh, you know, I think, I wish he would have done more acting because he was great. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll end on a downer. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's all right because we also, we've got um, Paul Orndorff. Yeah, we mentioned, about. yeah, we mentioned Paul Orndorff earlier and this particular episode, we, we had to, to come back, we had to resume recording after a couple of weeks and in those couple of weeks uh paul Orndorff passed away as well and he was another one he was a good a good sideman for for roddy piper because piper could overshadow anybody oh yeah and cowboy bob orton was a great side side man for piper because he technically was a was a great wrestler that did not get credit mm-hmm. for being as great as he was and Orndorff was a tough wrestler that sometimes didn't get credit but Orndorff was a badass. And he was one of them old school wrestlers who would just hurt you. Yeah, if he if he had to hurt you, he'd hurt you. Um, he uh, there were a lot of stories of him uh, knocking out really really tough wrestlers. Yeah, I think uh, the, one of the British Bulldogs. I think Davy Boy Smith. I think uh, Piper or uh, Orndorff knocked him out. And uh, Vader, I think. He, oh no! Shit. Yeah, I he got the fight with Vader. Vader he, was he, one of them. He was an actual fighter. Yeah, and he beat Vader's ass for him. It, it, I believe. Orndorff beat Vader's ass while he was wearing flip-flops. Oh, shit. So, you know, he'd just gotten out of the shower and he just had, like, a pair of shorts and flip-flops on and just knocked the shit out of Vader. So, Paul Orndorff, I mean, another, you know, kind of iconic wrestler that we had as a child. That, that we lost away. too soon, yeah. So, uh, you know, those guys are tag teaming somewhere in the uh, in the afterlife and raising hell, I'm sure. With Macho Man and... Ooh, yeah. You didn't think, uh, you know, Macho Man's not going to make Built an appearance, in, you know? It'll be yeah. Orndorff and Piper versus the Ultimate Maniacs. Oh, man, that'd be a great That'd match. be great. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll just kind of, you know, let it go there. I mean, all these wrestlers that are passing away, you know, we're we're kind of losing our uh, our childhood, and uh, it, it's sad to see. That just shows we're getting older, and they're getting older. and Well, that's why we only got to give them their props and, and let them know that they're appreciated yep. while they're here. And, uh, you know, that's what I try to do anytime I encounter one of them is let them know. Because you never know where they're gonna go. Yeah. So they they live they lived a tough life. They and, uh, lived a tough, exciting yeah life. Yeah. So, but yeah, Roddy Piper, greatest uh, greatest wrestler actor ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree totally. So, 
Well, let's wrap it up there. All right, bud. So, for the uh, Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, I am Mikey. I'm Corey. And we'll see you next time. Say bye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Every fucking time. <laughs>